Welcome to another episode of Old School Thoughts, and, and thank you for all that you do to make this podcast possible. I am Frank Goodman. And Martha. Hey, Martha. Uh, again, it's good to be back again for Old School Thoughts. How are you doing? I agree. I'm doing great, and I agree. We've got so much to cover tonight, so right. let's just get to it. Let's get to it. Well, you know, I always have to kind of open up with something to kind of, mm-hmm. you know, capture what we've been doing. So I would like to start off with, you know, our last two episodes, you know, have allowed right. us to express our honor and tribute to the history of black and African-American women. Uh, we spoke briefly about you all's sacrifices, you know, to be inclusive. Your tireless ability to manage time and families, your fortitude to endure hardship, your movements to move us forward. But today, as I reminisce about my mother, my sisters, community mothers, teacher moms, and I'm speaking of during segregation, and other women, I am reminded of their and the women of today's power the power of presence, voice, action, and the power to console. Women demonstrated the ability to stop a fight. I remember women saying, y'all go home now. We don't need that kind of mess, (laughs) you know. And the crowd would disperse. They could correct another woman girl about her worth when referring to behavior, dress and attitude they could tell a woman girl when to wear a girdle a slip and or tell you what color panties should be worn under see-through pants they didn't hold back on advice and we would say yes ma'am and move up you know move out with a purpose within the woman's ranks that was an unspoken hierarchy for learning and respect personally I never got the opportunity to feel the embrace of a grandmother, uh, an aunt, or elder cousins, but I got it from my my mama. You know, let's get down to it from my mama, uh, right. sisters, and community moms. Mm-hmm. Uh, women have led us in so many ways, domestically, academically, and politically. You know, so how would you describe the power of women and how they display that power, how you all display that power? Wow, that's that's a pretty large task to do. Yeah. But I'm going to take a stab at it. Okay. You know, women, women have, I think, an innate power that they learn through observation, and I think part of it might be part of our DNA. Mm-hmm. I think of the women over time in different generations in different parts of history. They've all displayed some commonality in the values that they carry. Right. You know, and I think that for me, I I think I narrowed it down to about 10 different things that I have observed that women do. And seem to, that all seem to coalesce into them having that woman power. Mm -hmm. I think the first thing that I always think about is that women have a greater understanding of the world around them. And I think because of that understanding, they see the humanity of the people in their lives. And then I think there's a level of courage that women have, that endurance that you saw through slavery. Despite those horrendous conditions, those women 
they'll find the time to be a positive source in someone else's life. And then there's that determination. They themselves didn't think that they would be free, but some of them did, like Oni Judd. Oni Judd was determined that she was going to be free, and she ran from George Washington. Okay? I mean, she didn't succeed completely, but she made that determination that freedom was more important, and she took it. Right. But the new speak is something that, that, that love, that compassion, that, that comes from the village itself. The women collectively in the village have to rely on self-love and love of everyone in that village. Mm. Now, it doesn't mean everybody got along perfectly, right. but clearly they understood the love of your children in the village, the love of the village itself made it possible for them to survive. Then you think about how intelligent. They had to be extremely intelligent women. And I think part of that happened in our world and in our culture because women were given the run of the household sometimes. They were the person that did all the cooking. They were the person that did all of the care of the people, their clothing, their food, you know, you know, even their bathing in some cases. Mm-hmm. They prepared all of those things. And believe it or not, that gave you a certain level of power and autonomy. Think about it. The same person who is keeping you captive is asking you to do the most personal things for you. Yeah. And giving so that's a level of power that I don't even think that the that they understood they were giving up to women. Women, when they got that power, they were smart enough to use it sparingly and in the right places. So, like my great-grandmother, Patsy, ran the entire household. That meant she did everything from cooking, cleaning, care of the, you know, premises itself. Anything that was in that household, she was responsible for. So let me ask you this question, and and this pertains to you as well. Do you... You know, I asked a couple of women this week, you know, questions about their power, this unspoken power. And one woman came back and talked about that internal fortitude, uh, that power that comes from having to go through so many things. And she was a cancer survivor as well. Another African-American woman responded by saying, Maybe it's who she's with at the time. It determines the kind of power she has to display. Do you feel that some women just do not understand their power, do not understand the dynamics of what we're trying to talk about right now? I think I think some may not understand it. They may know... They may, uh, I think they may assume that they have some power, mm-hmm. but they don't know how to define it. Right. But I think, for the most part, what I think is women give up their power. Hmm. I think, especially when I, I was in the business world, and you watch young women come into the business world, and they think they have to say yes to everything that the male boss says. Mm-hmm. That in itself told me that they didn't understand the power dynamic. Mm-hmm. 
They didn't have to say yes to everything. Sometimes no is good. And I would encourage all mothers, make sure you, and fathers too, make sure you teach your children the word no. Because too often we assume that they're going to know to say no, and then we find that they're in a situation where they're threatened and they don't say no. Hmm. So I think women in particular have to learn how to say no. And no in, that, no in a sense that says firmly no, and not, I'm not sure, no. Right. You know, because a man sometimes can see a woman say no, but her body language is saying something completely different. Right. So they have to be taught to, to understand how to say no. And certainly, we always teach them how, when to say no. But they need to learn that word no, because no is very critical. It's more vital to me than anything else, because I think during captivity, we couldn't say no. So I think it's important for young women and sometimes older women to learn how to say no in certain situations. If something is putting you at an, a, a situation where you're not at ease, then maybe you need to step back and say no. But I also... So there's, power, there's power in that too. Yeah. There's power in the word No. But I'm also looking at, and, and I'm referring to the women in the neighborhoods where I grew up and how, even how my mother, you know, operated in the neighborhood. And I spoke of it during the, in, during the introduction when I was saying, hey, a woman could step out and see a bunch of guys about to fight and she had challenged them. Hey, look, you all need to cut that mess out and move on. That was power. That was fearless power. And, and then a woman could say, man, child, please. <laughs> you know, like they say, child, please. Yeah, yeah. That means yeah, something. Just go on. Just go on. Just go on, yeah. you know. But I think we're dealing with a different time because back then, operating alongside that power was mm-hmm. respect. Right. You had a reverence and a respect for older people. Mm-hmm. And certainly for mothers. And then there was a period where you see that children challenged the parents. And I don't think you would think of challenging your parent back then. Because, first of all, the rules had been set early. So from the time that you were a toddler, and she told you, don't do that, you know, you could look at her and reach out to try to touch something, but you knew the moment you touched it, there was going to be consequences. Right. So it's something that has to happen early on with children, that they learn a level of power. But I'm going to make you laugh because I, when I was a little girl, I used to think that there was some kind of power that women got once they became mothers. Because mm-hmm. you see the same person before they had this child, they'd be like, oh, this, you know, okay, and easygoing. Right. And then all of a sudden they'd have this kid, and all of a sudden they'd become this this tyrant. <laughs> and this superwoman. I mean, the tone, the, the, yeah, the tone <laughs> would change, the look would change, the eyes change. Yeah. And they were like, oh. And you'd look at them and say, oh, my God, is that the same person? Yeah. You yeah. know? Is that the same person that used to be so loving and kind? <laughs> you know, she's like, I... <laughs> And she's still loving and kind. It's just that she, 
she must have took that mommy pill. <laughs> I, I used to say it was a mommy pill. That's you know? right, yeah. Because I used to think I don't, I don't do that. Mm-hmm. I, 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 and there must be something that comes with motherhood. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I, and I would be hysterical just looking at them. All of a sudden, you know, that kind, sweet person that didn't raise her voice would have a look on her face like. If you take one more step, <laughs> you know, and you'd be like, "Oh shoot, yeah. I'm a, I'm a tippy toe out of here because yeah. I don't want to, I don't want her to ask me, am, am I right? Yeah, you know? yeah. I, I'm not getting in the middle of that one. Right. But yeah, there's a power I think that women, I think they hone it when they get to be mothers. Right. It's there, dormant. Maybe it's dormant. Maybe that's what's going on. It's mm-hmm. dormant, and once you become mothers, man, it, it's all bets are off. But politically, yeah. when you look at movements, we had, what was that, uh, Girls Rock. We've mm-hmm. had Black Lives Matter. We're mm-hmm. talking about politics. Mm-hmm. Women are at the forefront. Women are making well, it happen. Don't you think part of that is because women are getting better educated? Oh, Definitely. And sometimes it's because women are more independent. And so I think the fact that you have an independence and you don't have to rely on someone, but someone is a partner to you, you can go out there and you can kick down doors. You know? You know, they always used to say behind every good man is a good woman. Right. But I'm going to say it in reverse. Behind every good woman is a good man sometimes. Right. And if it's not a good man, it might be a bunch of good sisters. Because good sisters will show you the ropes and they'll tell you, like what you're talking about. Oh, you don't wear this with this. Or, you know, my older sister did that with me. She was like, oh, honey, if you're going to wear white pants, then you hmm. wear these underneath, you mm-hmm. know? And, and, and you learn from that. But I think there's that sisterhood that we don't pay as close attention to and that's that collective mindset that women come together and they discuss something and they say well something's got to be done and we're going to we not you we are going to do it you saw it with the political scenario of women getting behind Biden Mm -hmm. you you know yes you know they decided if there's going to be a change made, we have to make that change. Right. And they went and they worked hard. That's the other part about women. Women work hard, whether in the home or in business. Women work hard. Right. And sometimes I don't think we recognize the depth of how much hard work they put in. Mm-hmm. We don't see the tireless nights that they sit up. You know, but I used to watch my mom when my brothers would be working night jobs. And she would sit up until they came home. And she had to get up the next day early. But she would sit up to make sure that they got home safe in the house. That's something mothers do. That's something women do. And they instill in us that level of dignity. That, you know, you're not going to go out of here looking all riff-rappy. <laughs> you're going to wear the right shirt and the right shoes. And you're going to represent the family because you're representing your name. You know, that's the other thing that women, mothers do, is they tell you about your name. Hmm. You've got a good name. 
you, your good name is your reputation. Right. Your good name tells you where you come from. You know, it's like the Native Americans have a whole saying. They say that if somebody doesn't know how to behave or behaves improperly, they say he must have been raised in a barn, mm. you know, or in the forest because he doesn't have the manners. Because someone who's raised among family would know better and wouldn't do these things. They say he has no relations. That's what the, the phrase is. They would say he must have no relations. Meaning he must, in other words, you're like an orphan because you're out there wild and you don't know what you're doing. So mothers, make sure you have that sense of who you are and that you're representing more than just yourself. You're representing a whole, whole history of people. You don't rep, don't rep, don't reprimand, or make your good name in the mud. Don't put your good name in the mud. You've heard that. Do you feel that there's still some hierarchy, a recognized hierarchy, amongst women? Yeah, but I I don't think it's as deep as it used to be, mm-hmm. and only because I think the elders are we're losing them, mm-hmm. and. They will be replaced with other elders, but unless those other elders carry the same aura about them, I think we're going to lose it. You know, you don't see that hierarchy as much in American Europeans. It's there when you go into rural societies a little bit, but in the cities, a lot of that is lost. And that's something that I think was valuable to us because... Not only did that elder represent who you were, but she was a physical person that you could look to, touch, and and talk to that told you about the importance of who you are. Yeah. Yeah, and I think those those women were the ones that pushed that education button. They're the ones that say, I want you to go to school and do better than I did. I want you to be more educated than I was. But I don't think they expected you to get educated to the point that you forgot where you came from. They wanted you to always remember how you got to where you were. They wanted you to be humble about what you achieved. You know, not to brag about what you achieved. You know. So as so you were talking about that, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. so as you were talking about that, I was thinking that. Because of the structure of the community, especially, you know, that segregated community. And we're basically still segregated today. Mm-hmm. We just don't have the law saying that we're segregated. The community made it to where the mothers had a direct attachment to the younger women, to where they were giving them that advice. Mm-hmm. Even though we're still in segregated societies, and communities, um, I, I, I don't, I don't know if the commu- if the neighbors speak enough to each other to where that older woman has the hierarchy to tell that younger woman and give her advice, not to tell her what to do, but to give her advice. The elders in our period, they were telling them what to do. You know, whether they did it or not, they were still telling them what to do. Frank, as you and I have talked about, we are the generation that looks forward and backwards. Mm -hmm. We are that middle generation that can point to where the village had been, and we see through the younger people where the village is going. Mm -hmm. 
And I think what's what's troubled our ability to maintain the status quo of what we grew up with is technology. Technology in and of itself is it's wonderful, but technology also is not very supportive of the human dynamics. It, by that I mean it doesn't really lend itself to the cohesiveness that we saw where you could share from old to young and, and middle. It, it, it's, it's an isolated thing because once you get into technology, it's, it's, a, it's another world into itself, and you sometimes become antisocial. And I think that's what I see, a lot of missing social skills, that we grew up with social skills that I don't see as many people having today. You know, and that social still, skills should have been something that you learned in the home. A, a simple thing like how to, how to set the table, how to sit down for a Sunday dinner. Those things have gone by the wayside as technology has grown. You're right. So I think we have some challenges ahead of us. So here I am you know, as a male. I think I've, I've tried to express over the past episode and through this my, my appreciation for women, women's history, um, the strength of women, the sacrifices of women, the endurance of women, and I hate to see it go away. Even though I'm a male and I have expectations, you know, for the male community that we'll get into later, I have that expectation for women that I really want women to know what they have, what you all have, and maintain it. So I don't know if I've expressed myself well during this episode and trying to get my point across, but I would just like to say to the listeners and to the women that I appreciate the power you have, your sacrifices, the endurance, everything that you have displayed through history. Um, You still show it today. I I think I see women that can just brush you off. (laughs) If you say say the wrong thing, they can just brush you off and make you feel small. They can just walk right past you like, child, please. They they can treat a grown man like a little child. They can reduce them to that. Well, you know, when they throw up that hand, that's yeah. it. And, and, and I think, you go ahead. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, I think that don't have a fear that it's going away. I think it's just changing mm-hmm. because things do grow and change. Mm-hmm. So I think what you're seeing is maybe a new flavor of it. Mm-hmm. But I think it's still in the DNA. The DNA doesn't go away. Oh, the DNA is there. Okay. So it's embedded in women, this power. Mm-hmm. I think they just have to learn how to use it differently for the world that we're facing for the future. And and the greatest thing, you know, as we begin to close out, I think the greatest thing about women, they give themselves the opportunity to live to see the next day. Mm-hmm. They are not involved in the black and black black on black crime. They don't kill each other over day every day, and not stabbing each other overnight. They actually live to see the next day so that they can come together for the next sacrifice, the next fight, the next struggle, the next situation. And I think that's the greatest testament 
to what women are able to do and what they are focused, what they are doing, whether they focus on it or not. Mm-hmm. So, so Martha, I think, I think you're right. I think you're right, Frank. Mm-hmm. Women have always been able to come together and plot a course to go around the obstacle and not to use that incident to beat themselves up so much. And that's not to say they don't suffer any angst for what they do. But I think they find a way to solve it. And maybe that's what the difference is. They're always looking on how to solve it and to move over that obstacle or around that obstacle. Well, Martha, is that time for us to shut it down? All right. And uh, I want to thank you again for sharing your thoughts and your perspective from a woman's point of view. I've enjoyed the series. And is there anything you would like to say before we close out? Well, I'd like to say thank you to you because it's um, quite extraordinary that you wanted to even address the series of talking about women. Most times we just take what women do for granted. So I really appreciate that. And I'll say all to the sisters out there, listen, the sisterhood is alive and well, and it's going to continue. So we just have to do greater things with what God has given us. That's what I'd say to our sisters out there. Okay. And to all the listeners, from Martha and I, you know that we love you. And you do. We're going to say... Until the next time. Be good. Be good. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye.